Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Off Red. My name's Pip Adam and this is episode 108. And this is a companion episode with episode 109, which I've put out at exactly the same time. So both 108 and 109 will be um, with you at the same time. Now, the reason for that is that um, during the Aotearoa New Zealand Festival of the Arts um, Writers Programme, Andy Southall, Bridget van der Zaep and I were supposed to be having a conversation, um, a session that was um, entitled Time, Love, Memory. I was going to be cheering those two amazing writers, but unfortunately, um, due to um, COVID, um, that event was cancelled. But I'm very grateful to Andy and Bridget because they both agreed to um, yeah, to record this podcast. Um, so we got two great episodes out of it. This is episode 108, where I speak with Bridget, um, Bridget um, about her amazing new book, which is called I Laugh Me Broken, which was published by Tehe Rangawaka University Press. So um, Bridget and I um, sit, um, we sort of sit quite closely to that original idea of time, love and memory. And yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with Bridget and I'm very grateful. Um, if you want to listen to the other half of this conversation with Andy Southall, um, you can do that in episode 109. Thanks heaps. Hi Bridget, how are you? Hi, good, kia ora. <laughs> good. Oh, it's so lovely to see you. Thanks heaps for coming. And yeah. um, thanks for um, talking to me about your magnificent book. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Okay, so I wondered if we could start, um, if you were willing to introduce yourself to everybody. Okay, um, Bridget van der Zeit. So um, I've written three novels, um, which are called Misconduct in the Neighbourhood of Fame, and my most recent one, which is I Laugh Me Broken. Um, with and they're all being published by Victoria University Press, which is now Tihirangawaka University Press. Awesome, that's so good. Um, I wonder. Sorry, this I don't know how you feel about this, but I I really really love hearing the um, title of your book um, in German. Or if you would rather just explain um, the oh, yeah. um, where the title comes from. Um, Ich lach mich kaputt is a, a expression in German. Um, I laugh me broken, which is um, it's it's what Germans would say when they're saying, you know, I'm laughing my ass off or something. Um, and so the, the the book, the title is a kind of a joke on that because it's quite a literal translation. You you can't really translate Germany directly, German directly, and so it's quite a literal translation of that expression, which actually makes no sense whatsoever. And so it's kind of like it's a little bit of a joke on on misunderstanding German. Yet in that wonderful way, um, you know, that misinterpretation seems to describe something so perfectly that the book does you know over over the span you know that that idea of that place where kind of the absurdity of life and the tragedy of life kind of come together which I think is really really great um yeah. one of the things that I love about your book is is the way that um the ancestors are so present sort of in the body of Ginny um through her genes um uh, you might like to explain a little bit about the predicament that um, Ginny, the main character, finds herself in, or predicament, that sounds that's sort of, um, that sounds too glib, but just the position that she finds herself in in the book. And I just wonder if this was something that you were thinking about while you were writing, you know, in, in regards to time, the way that all the people that have led up to Ginny are kind of floating around her bloodstream. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think it's everything I was thinking about with the book. I mean, um, just to give you some background, um, Ginny is about to get married and she's had no contact with her mother's family ever. And, um, and so she makes contact with them to invite them to the wedding and then finds out that she's at risk of this inherited genetic disease. And for this particular disease, um, uh, one parent must have had it for you to be able to be at risk. And um, if one parent has had it, then you have a 50% chance of inheriting it. And it's a degenerative neurological and physical disease, um, which is passed down through the generations. So um, um, that's kind of what genetics is. It's a string that attaches you to all of your relatives. And so it's not possible to have a disease like this um, if, if one of your relatives hasn't actually had it. And so it's, it is all about that long-term connection to, to your historical gene pool, your inherited ancestry. And, and I think um, Germany is a really interesting place to think about that because they've had this terrible history of eugenics um, and the attempt to control the destiny of those who do have inheritable diseases. So in 1933, the Nazis passed a law that enabled them to um, sterilize people who had inheritable diseases. So even things like congenital blindness or familial alcoholism. And then um, at first they sterilized around about 400,000 people. They ran big campaigns um, in Germany to say, you know, that these people were an economic and social burden. And then eventually they started to round them up and, and take them to camps where they kind of eliminated them. And so um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting um, place to think about it. And, and, and Ginny finds herself newly not, not just connected to her generational history of um, the disease, but also she finds herself while she's in Berlin wandering around absorbing kind of, you know, the historical thing that's actually happening in Berlin. She finds herself sort of connected to this historical campaign, which actually aimed to eliminate people like her as well. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, genes is everything that I thought about in terms of writing this book. <laughs> and also that the, that the potential cure for um, the uh, diseases, uh, inheritable diseases actually lie in gene therapy, you know, which is the forefront of um, a lot of medical research at the moment. Mm. And I think um, as well as this aspect of time, sort of like time kind of being um, concertinaed inside her, there's also this kind of, um, what would you call it? Like, I, I guess that there's sort of this distortion of time that takes place with her because she is a person who's kind of um, grown up in sort of half truths and mistruths. And I, I was just thinking, like, a lot of what's the real pleasure of the book is that Ginny's kind of recalibrating this idea of who she is and. Um, who her family are and, and, and what her future looks like. And I just wonder, given that a book is kind of written and read in a linear kind of fashion, I just wonder about some of the decisions you made around structuring a story as such, you know, like taking, um, you know, perhaps even like the point that we meet her, like how was the decision made to meet her where we do, that sort of thing. Like, um, how do you discuss all these very complex sort of recalibrations of time in a um, in an art form that kind of does play out in a linear fashion? Yeah, it's inter it's interesting. I did think about that a lot. I mean, the momentum of taking a book forward 
at the same time as actually looking back into the into the past as well and, and recalibrating the past. And the essential question in the book is about for Ginny is about whether or not she will take the genetic test to find out, you know, whether she has the disease. And that that's that's an interesting question because it's so bound up in fear. And when and when you're thinking about something like that, you can't keep it in the front of your mind. So you you can only really have it in the the back of your mind you know and so in a way Ginny is going about her business and and um continuing on with her life but always in the back of her mind is this question about um about whether or not she would want to know and you know um quite quite often you know I'd, I'd meet people and I'd put the dilemma in front of them and most people their initial reaction was always like oh, oh yes I want to know but then when you kind of layer down the facts, the actual reality of actually knowing that you are going to have this terrible degenerative disease um, within the next 10 years, which would completely change your future. Um, uh, and uh, I, th I think um, most of the people who do face that dilemma in real life, um, only 20% only of the people actually um, do decide to take the test. So for most people, they decide to live in this kind of uncertainty and fear. And so I had this idea that with Ginny that she's she doesn't really sort of know who she is. Plus, she has this big problem going on in the back of her mind. And so and also, you know, she never knew her mother. Her father was a kind of withdrawn alcoholic. She lived in this family with this overbearing stepsister. And so she's she's. Um, finding out who she is by through the people that she meets. And so in all of the conversations, my construct is that you really only find out about Ginny by the way that she responds to people. So she she has a lot of conversations in books, but she's always kind of like the one that's receiving the information. And so you, you only really find out the character of Ginny by the way that she reacts to other people. Um, and that she, she's sort of gentle, but she has this, she has this really, you know, particular dilemma that's bound in the back of her mind um does that answer the question I don't know <laughs> yeah it really like this was one of the real joys for me of reading the book is that it, it really does um I don't know how to describe it properly but it really does feel like it's the construction of a past through what's happening in the present if you know what I mean like these these conversations were just so I just loved it you know as as she navigates relationships in the present it's sort of you know, like it, it, it just, um, it feels almost like that iceberg that what we're seeing at the top is just leading us to understand so much more about her underneath. Like, yeah. and I think that's something that I've always enjoyed about your writing is that, um, you know, like it, um, it comes at everything at a slightly at the flank, maybe, if you know what I mean, I, you know, like, I don't know. Is that something that, is that how you see your writing or uh, yeah, like, is that something you're interested in? Yeah, I think I think I always want to um, write about hard things. You know, like I always I always start from a place where I actually want to write about hard things, and I want to write about them in a kind of fresh way. So, you know, I, I had to write this book. I had to imagine myself down into the space that that Ginny was in, but then I had to lift myself out of it every now and then as well. It was like <laughs> you can't you can't live with this um, that easily. Um, but um, but I do I do. I do try and um, 
not come at things directly and so you know and so you 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 do have this lineal thing that's actually happening so she arrives in Berlin and then things happen one after the other but at the same time underneath it all there's all this kind of thoughtfulness going on and all this sort of very subtle realizations because when you have realizations you don't you don't immediately face up to them you know like they, they come to you gently in waves and to make the, a decision that's this big to make a decision that could potentially can change your life because once you know you can't unknow but but the pressure is on you to know Pe- people you know want you to know but but they they don't actually have to live with it and so um and so the so the it's a it's a big decision and when you when anybody has to make a big decision it takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. and yeah I really love um I love the other thing about it is that it it, it feels quite realistic in the um yeah, and the, and the degree to which she finds these things out about herself as well. Like I, I found that really rewarding as well. It was, it, it's just, it's such an amazing book, Bridget. It's, it's so good. Um, one of the other things we were going to talk about um, when we, uh, you know, when, when we were going to be speaking in person is one of the topics was love. And I'm really interested in how you wrote um, Jay and Ginny's relationship, the um, the person she was going to marry. Um and I'm just wondering if it surprised you at any point. Um, I'm also interested in how there are other forms of love in the book, you know, like um, the love between family, the, the complicated love between family, you know, even, even the love of, um, you know, random strangers that we meet and the kind things and the, the complication there as well. And I guess, um, you know, we, we did speak once before and I think I, I said that I thought that what Ginny does for Jay seems like an incredibly loving act but it's a complicated loving act and yeah I just wonder I I guess really this is just a broad as question just asking about writing about love yeah yeah I mean um, it's interesting that I think I learned some things about love by writing this book Um, and obviously it's hard to talk about fully that relationship because most of what happens happens near the end of the book but um but um in the book, you know, um, Ginny discovers that she has potentially this devastating degenerative disease, and um, I mean, I think this happens right at the beginning of the book, so it's it's not it's okay to talk about. But she uh, leaves her fiance and runs off to Berlin, um, and he he's left quite confused by this behaviour. But in her mind, um, she thinks that he, probably he would marry her anyway, um, but then he would potentially become her caregiver. So perhaps the greater act of love is is to not tell him and and um at least until she can decide whether or not she takes the test and um so so i i did test this reaction out on other people and i I realized that lots of people felt that this wasn't normal behavior whereas i thought it was quite normal and logical behavior for somebody to actually do and so then i had to think a lot about you know, what are the factors and what does a person believe about love that they would rather run away from their lover than actually face up to the kind of, you know, the, the, the truth of what was happening to them. And, and also it's a fairly extreme act of self-sacrifice. And so, you know, what does a person believe about love in order to, to make this kind of self-sacrifice? And so I, I had to answer those questions for myself in order to answer them for Ginny. So maybe I have a skew of idea about love myself. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) But yeah, it was an, it was it, it it was a sort of rewarding and interesting process. Yeah, I think I think um, we might be quite similar like that. Um, <laughs> one of the things like this, I didn't prep you for this question, so please refuse it outright. Um, but something that occurs to me when you're speaking is that 
often I, I'm always interested in what a book tells us about the time that it's written in. And my understanding is, and I may be incorrect, that you part of this book was written here in New Zealand um, after you came for a short break, but things changed. And I'm just, there's something about it for me that feels incredibly, um, I don't know what the word is, like sort of living in these COVID times and these times of war in Europe. There is something about the book which feels incredibly poignant because it's sort of carrying on in this world at the same time as these other things are happening like while I'm reading it I'm thinking oh yeah remember when we would sit in cafes and speak to each other and I wonder if some of these complicated kind of um, relationships are speaking so strongly to me because of the time we're in you know this time where we're we're trying to find new ways of showing that we appreciate each other so I, I don't know I don't know how to formulate this question as you can tell but I'm just wondering about this concept of this book being in the world right now like if you have any thoughts about that maybe yeah I mean I, I have been thinking about that actually because um like you say I I mean I came back I thought I was coming back for a short time and then COVID happened and then I never really got to go back to Germany I ended up just staying here and finishing off the book which was largely written but I I um I finished off and so then you you, you do think like you, you you first of all you had to consider how to deal with COVID and at the time that I was finishing off the book we were in the first lockdown you know like it was very fresh and then um and then by the time I'd finished writing I realized that people people were kind of reinventing how COVID started they were forgetting the facts you know once once you're in it and you've lived in lockdowns for all this time and you know all this stuff you forget the confusion that was happening at the very beginning when you know you just you didn't even know what was coming and so um and so I did I, I purposely sort of put um, some of those flags into the book because um, I, I just thought it, it it amuses me that we 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 forget how it began um, and and what it felt like to be at the beginning of it without really you know like there was just a there was just a flu thing coming out of China we didn't really know that, what impact it was going to have at the world and I I think also the other thing is like um, in the book um, Jenny kind of wanders around talking to different people from different countries and I made this very purposeful. Um, decision um, that everybody in the book is actually not from the place that they're in so you know like the, all the people that she meets they're from you know Australia they're from um, even if they're from Germany they're from another part of Germany they're from um, Iran you know and and so um, and it, that was a sort of a commentary on on globalism or, or our great mobility now that you can go and live in all these other cities and and I think that 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 mobility has retrenched somewhat because <laughs> with COVID, every, a lot of people went home, you know. And so, and you and you also you don't have that lovely casual opportunity that I had when I was in Berlin, where you would sit down with a cafe and get chatting to somebody who was from somewhere else, because you know that those meetings don't actually or they haven't been able to happen um, for a very long time. And so, so. Um, so, so global mobility has become reduced. And so I, I hope it's a kind of like, it's a lovely nostalgic thing that you can look back and go, oh yeah, those were the days when you could just travel around and have random conversations with people. Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely, um, I definitely enjoyed 
I, I definitely enjoyed that aspect of the book um, more than I thought I would. Like I, I thought, oh, I wonder what this will be like. And I was like, oh, yeah, it, it, it's really lovely like that. Um, one of the things that I also haven't prepped you for, but I really, now that I've got you, selfishly, I want to talk about it, is is um, the the book that Ginny goes to write over there, like the um, the real life story, the real life um, sort of person that is in your fictional work. And I'm wondering about, um, I guess the question I want to ask is around decisions you made about how to integrate something that really happened into a novel and then just what you thought um like why that was exciting for you to bring in this this sort of real life um uh what would you call him character uh, yeah yeah <laughs> what a what a dude <laughs> yeah i mean um i mean this is this is uh, integral to the book so i think we can talk about it's um uh, you know she, she goes to berlin ostensibly to write a book about count von Lackner, who was a um he, he is a kind of a legendary real life character he was a a, a sort of a first world war marauder that came down um into the pacific and marauded and then uh, got captured and um um was imprisoned um on an island in the Hauraki gulf and you know kind of um it's a it's a sort of nod to our nostalgic innocence back then that he he sort of shook the hand of the camp commander and promised he wouldn't make escape and then asked for some supplies to put on a christmas play um, of which was a children's atlas and a and a um a sheet that they were going to use they made the sheet into a flag and they and they um scarf it off in the camp commander's speedboat one night um around christmas time and made it all the way to the kermitic islands and, and in actual fact the sextant that they made from things they found in a barn is actually in Te papa as well you can see it there apparently and so um and so it's sort of a fun character that kind of represented a time, you know, like was a massive cause celeb for a certain generation. Um, at the time, everybody, like people went out in their little boats trying to find him. And and um, and so, but it's, it's a piece of history that, you know, isn't really relevant anymore. But I mean, um, I think the thing is that when you write about these historical characters, they, they need to have some sort of contemporary resonance. And you know um, those men from the colonial past that um, turn themselves into sort of massive legends, that they're, they're sort of on the register now as having had their day <laughs> a bit. And so, um, and the more that Ginny starts to look into it, the more that she starts thinking about how the history of history has been written by men for an audience of men. And so she she sort of it's it's a way of it's a way of talking about how we consider the stories that we choose to write about in a way it's just a it's a it's a sort of an angle on on that that male history of the history I guess and Ginny has has a problem finding her way into that story and um and so it, it, it's about writing and I guess and and choosing what we write yeah and like I, I um I'm not quite sure how to ask this question because I I guess things come about as they come about like um but I'm quite interested in um like one of the things we we're going to talk about is memory and I'm not quite sure how to um again sort of phrase this question but there is this interesting thing well I'm always interested in it 
writing New Zealand from overseas, then writing overseas from New Zealand. And th this book seems interesting in that way that, um, you know, my understanding is that it was started in Berlin. Um, you know, so there's this interesting kind of thing of, um, yeah, or it must have been great in that way that, um, like, I'm not sure if you've lived in Berlin before, but that idea that Ginny's experiencing some of the things that you were experiencing and that immediacy, I think the book really captures. And I just, I just wonder about writing in the place you're writing about versus writing um, away from the place that you're writing about. Um, yeah. 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 I think, I think when you, when you go to another place, it, it provides some clarity on where you come from as well you know like you you suddenly you see things clearer and you see things actually through a different lens and so when I wasn't when I was in Germany initially when I went there um, I had a, a Goethe Institute scholarship and so I went there I didn't really know anybody and so the, most of the pieces that I people that I met were through um, Deutsch classes initially so and also I used to go to these kind of writing sit-ins and cafes where a whole lot of writers would come. It was in English. And so they were writers from all around the world would come and sit in a cafe and write and then chat for a bit. And so most of the people that I actually met were people from other places, you know, and so, and, and, and it's, and it's interesting that you, you meet people from places that you wouldn't normally, you know, easily um, meet here perhaps. <laughs> And so when and then when you meet people from those places like Iran or Syria and Poland and Sweden, or you know all these different places that you or Korea, you realize how um, how um, can, they they have this really strong sense of connectedness to their region, and they also have this sense of threat from their neighbors as well. And so, as an island nation, we we kind of we're a little way away from that and so we we have a little bit more of a sense that we're in control of our own rules I think and so um so when so we present ourselves as quite open-faced in the world in a way by comparison and um and I think when you meet some people in other places you, you don't sort of say to them oh uh, what's it like in Greece you say to them initially how are you handling Berlin you know, like, or what, what do you feel about, you know, what do you think about Berlin? That, that's, that's often how you open a conversation. And, and through the answers, you actually find out kind of what they are bringing of their own culture to, to Berlin by the way that they are settling in this place the same way that you're trying to. And so in, in, this, in the book, Ginny meets all these different people. And so, you know, I, I, I loved kind of infusing some of those conversations that I was having and this kind of realisation of this, you know, this wide world that I was having into the book and then occasionally somebody would tell you that you know something that's a little bit gold you know you just <laughs> if it came to a conversation and then you'd go oh how can I get that in there um like um uh, Iranian man told me once about the time that um that um that people in Iran um a, a soccer a football team came to Iran a Saudi state uh, stadium and and um members of the Iranian audience were doing um, Heil Hitler salutes because they thought that was a way of showing respect and then it caused this huge furore at the time because you know it was an embarrassment um, but um, it's just like you know the imagery of that and the whole idea of that is just like so fascinating that I that I wanted to find a way of kind of getting that into the book and I you know I think I think it made me think a lot about um, connection and disconnection and 
there's this Facebook group there um, called um, Free Advice Berlin, where people would kind of write in about different, I you know, different issues and get responses to it. So they would ask things like, um, you know, all sorts of on all sorts of things, and and I was really fascinated with it because it, it just showed you how to how what it was like being foreign in a foreign place you know where you, you're the outsider that really doesn't understand the subtleties of things that go on there for for example there would be um little stories or big long strings of stories about people who had put in had put a um unfolded cardboard box uh delivery box into the recycling and then find it back on their doorstep the next morning with a little lesson about how to recycle properly and how one must always flatten a box before it goes into the recycling <laughs> little things like that which is sort of amusing but they are they're, they're sort of little cultural norms that if you don't live in their place you don't really kind of understand them particularly well yeah I think I think that that's so interesting hey eh? like it, there's a um I, I've I've never lived anywhere overseas but I know that um, there definitely quickly becomes this awareness of living that perhaps I, I don't get when I'm, you know, in my house or going to my job. I, I, you know, like there's this new way of thinking, is this right? Is that wrong? And yeah, and I was thinking, I, I was thinking like the book deals with very serious, you know, issues, but there are, the title I think does, um, you know, th there are some quite funny moments in there and a lot of it is some of the funniness is about um, cultural misunderstanding, eh? like humour is quite culturally based and do you feel like it's a good way to show a difference, you know, sort of like to have those mismatches, like the humour, like, yeah, I, I know, I know that, I don't know how you feel about yourself, but I often find I think you're really deft at humor like and I just wonder if it is something that you work at or whether it's just a result of um the stories that you're telling I don't well see I, I think I I, I I thought a lot about being careful because you know you don't you don't want to you don't want to use cultural cliches either you know like when you're writing about cultural things it's actually really hard to write about cultural norms and cultural mores without actually writing about cultural cliches um and um and you know and I I really I really didn't want to do that and so you know like um so I, I did think about that quite a lot because I was interested in writing about different cultures but how do you how do you do that how do you write about um how people think about things without actually making making because you've represented them in the novel as being say from Iran they're not necessarily speaking for every single Iranian person or if they're from you know if they're from um, Syria they're not speaking for every single Syrian person but there is a certain experience that belongs to those countries as well and so in a way in a way um, humor is a way of uh, approaching it I guess Mm. because that's yeah, what trying I think, to be trying to be deft like you say <laughs> but that's what I think is so great about the book is that it's never a laughing at anyone it, it's often you know like it seems shared round you know what I mean like I think there's a certain degree of um characters laughing at themselves in a way which I think is is I find that very attractive in a book right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really love okay, it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you took. laughs> um, did you um I've I've also this like we're coming towards the end of our time, but I just this is a very selfish question. Um 
did you know the book was going to be set in Berlin before you went there or did you like I'm just wondering about the genesis of the book like how you know its beginnings can you remember how the book started like yeah no I I I um I I my intention was always to set it in Berlin so um and to set it in Germany because I had this sort of vague sub-story idea about Count von Lackner and um and I also had this strong idea about writing about the genetic disease and also Germany is a particular place where it's kind of an interesting idea to write it so so I, I did um and I I just um you know I'd written two books in based in New Zealand and I, I just wanted to write about something more expensive and so initially I, I went to I got the uh, a creative New Zealand grant and then I also had the Goethe scholarship and I went there initially just for three months and then I discovered that three months um wasn't enough and so I decided to stay on for a little while and then I stayed on again and so um and I sort of you know that you you fall in love with you fall in love with Berlin for a while and then um but you know um and so I I wanted to stay there um for for a little while longer at least and um and I, I just think it's a very interesting city you know it, because it is a city that's full of subcultures it's it's a city that has this really you know strong um, historical basis it was the divided city you know and, and and it's still struggling even now with that division between east and west and so so that aspect of Berlin is really interesting the whole it's also obviously um, the source of Nazi power and so um, and um, so yeah a lot of the decisions that that happened during the war happened there and then there's things like you know um, Hitler's bunker which is actually a car park you know so you're just wandering around Berlin and then you come to the sign that says you know this is where Hitler's bunker was where he died but they've made it into a car park because they don't actually want people to iconize you know to, to make it an icon and to come there to see to, to see this sort of morbid um, um, fascination with Hitler and so um, and so I, I think it, it, it was a it's it's very much seeded in its in its um historical placing because of the the nazi legacy and, mm -hmm. and particularly with genetics mm. and i think that's what's so interesting about the book is that um you know like there's no way i could imagine it being written anywhere else you know what i mean like the, the germany is as much like i hate that cliche of the setting being a character but germany is so perfect and ingrained in that story and in Ginny's sort of experience that it just feels so perfect um yeah I, I just have one more question that again is a very selfish question <laughs> that I like asking people um you are home now um I understand you have quite a busy job um how does one fit writing in or how does one fit work in or like you know paid work into writing or like, I'm just wondering like are you writing at the moment if you're willing to say that you know like um what what have you found works for sustaining a writing career I guess is what yeah. I'm asking um yeah I, I have a really busy job at the moment so um um and also um I was sort of computing a story in the back of my head <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I I tend to book a, like I think I've done one book a decade so um you know it takes it takes me about four years to write a book because I like to I like to distill it you know I I, I like to 
play around with ideas and I, I never really, um, I don't write in a formulaic way. I don't really know where it's going at the beginning. And for me, writing a book is an exploration of ideas for myself and, and, um, and, you know, developing um, characters that I find interesting and that I want to live with for a while. And so, you know, I, I don't write a book with a sort of commercial outcome at the, at the, at the end of it, I, I want to be able to explore something. And um, yeah, so, I mean, some, sometimes being really busy is actually quite good for writing because you have this, you have this narrow zone of time that you can actually write something and then you, you, you write with a degree of intensity. And, um, and so, they but I, I tend to have taken sort of part-time jobs and then write some of the time as well. But at the moment I'm working full-time. So yeah, not writing at the moment, but I will. I think you know it's, it, it, it isn't something that goes away. You know, like when you when you're used to this, when you're used to this sort of way of thinking, where you you everything that happens to you, you kind of distill and try and uh, um, make sense of it. Then um, then you know, at, at a certain point, a book drags you back. I don't know if you find that. Do you find that? You know, like you go away, and then eventually some book, some book idea keeps dragging you back to it till, till you have to write it. I really love the way you've described that because it, it, it feels like this is me. I mean, sorry, you shouldn't interpret what other people say, but what I love about it is the way that writing is a way to sort of live an examined life, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, think, um, I think sometimes it's misconstrued. Someone said to me the other day about... Um, because I was trying to explain this and they sort of said to me oh do you mean that you're always cherry picking from life to put in your book and I don't think that's what it is I think what it is is it's thinking because I've raised a problem you know a book is often a problem as I think this book you know this idea of the question of will you or won't you do you or don't you want to know the future kind of thing and I think that um, yeah rather than sort of trying to steal life events I think what it's more about is living life through that lens of a question or a, or something yeah. like that yeah and I love yeah sorry I, I mean I really like that putting it that, that I mean I, I I thought my time in Germany was a sort of luxury of actually just being able to be open to ideas and open to other people and open to to um, thinking about things in a different kind of way and so you know for me that that time was um, a, a writer's luxury and also because you're in this place it's really stimulating and also, you know, um, a lot of people go there at a time that they want to reinvent themselves, and so people are at the people people go there at the at the sort of um, crux of their creative life. That you know that that that, that maybe um, they go there because they want to make a success of their artful life. You know, that, that it's a particular kind of um, person that goes to live in Berlin, um, and 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 because they're actually disconnected from their culture back home. You know they're trying to make connections so it's actually quite it's a city where it's quite easy to meet other people who are doing artistic things and so um so it was it, it was a it was a beautiful experience to be able to go there and write a book and you know I, I would recommend anybody who's young who's you know, who, who wants an artistic life to spend a little bit of time there because it's a fantastic city and it and, and, it, and even you know even from the mural perspective you know they embrace um, culture they've tried to keep the rents low they've tried mm. to you know they have all these programs where they actually pay artists money in order to be able to be over there so they so as a city it's really embraced an artistic um, uh, um, population mm. and values it so which is really nice and rewarding and you know wonderful 
and I think you know like I just I just feel so grateful like I was just thinking that um it's such a you know a city like that just keeps rewarding because like I'm very grateful to have your book in the world you know and I just think you know there's this wonderful thing where we can live this you know we can live this experience where it's changing our mind and we're having all these amazing things and then to the generosity of sort of giving that back in an artistic form is, is really I don't know I, I feel very grateful for it I feel very grateful for it it's amazing oh my gosh thank you so much Bridget it is just um thank you so much for your wonderful book thank you so much for this conversation and yeah all the best with the next little bit thank you for all your day job work as well thank you very much oh, thank you I mean this is wonderful work that you're doing as well Pip so thanks so much for your generosity and the questions and the interest and yeah it's wonderful thank you thanks Bridget thanks Bridget